podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday on which we're still just very much waiting for stuff to happen. Um, just to apologise again in advance for any pronounced lisping you might hear on this podcast. There isn't really much I can do about it. It's only when I think about it that it happens. When I don't think about it, it doesn't happen. So now that I've mentioned it, it's certainly going to happen. Um, we're still in a holding pattern. We are waiting for Liverpool to make moves. We are waiting for Jörg Schmatke to earn his corn, so to speak. Thus far, his stint as Liverpool Sporting Director amounts to paying a release clause for Dominic Zabozlai. And that's it. That's all he's done so far. He's had a look around. He's made a few bids for Lavia. But nothing else thus far. So, he needs to get his act together because Liverpool need three three new faces at least in before the window closes. And personally speaking, I don't think Andre can be one of them. Because Andre, in all likelihood, if we were to buy him now, wouldn't arrive until January, which doesn't help us. It doesn't help us at all because there's a whole half of a season to get through before we get to that stage. Now, the other thing about him is, as I said yesterday, he's definitely more of a Thiago replacement than a Fab replacement. So what we need is a Fab replacement and a backup six and he's neither of those things. He's a very, very good player. Very, very good player. And I'd be happy to get him. But he only makes sense as a Thiago replacement. He doesn't make a lot of sense as a six for us in how we play in the Premier League. And I've seen some people say, oh, it's because of his height. It's not because of his height. Because Mascherano was, in my view, still the best defensive midfielder we've had in the Premier League era. And he was five seven five eight. It, it has nothing to do with height. I know Jurgen likes lads that dominate aerially in that area, but I think you can get away with it if they can offer a ton elsewhere. And he can offer a lot elsewhere. He's just not defensively disciplined enough to be a six in how we play. You watch him play, and he does a ton defensively in the same way Thiago does roaming around, making tackles, winning the ball back. But he's not that stationary 
shielding six, which is what Jurgen likes. It's what he had at Dortmund in Sebastian Kiel and then in uh, Sven Bender. It's what he's had with us in Fabinho. It's what he wants. And Lavia can fit into that because he can be developed into that. He's got some of those traits already. But to ask Andre to change his game to do that would take away a lot of what makes him so good. So for me, we need two midfielders and a centre-back in this window. And then Andre potentially in January with the idea of Thiago leaving next summer, which I think everybody has accepted is, is what will happen. Now, there is still a possibility that Thiago goes this summer, I think. There's definitely clubs in Spain with interest. And you'd imagine with Barcelona selling Usman Dembele to PSG, that that will now free up some cash for them, give them some flexibility. It looks like Jao Canseo is one player they want to bring in. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Thiago is another player that they target. Because he he will want to go if if they make an offer. That's his club. So I think if they can free up the, the wages, the fee wouldn't be an issue for them. I don't think we'd ask much more than, you know, 15 million. Um, but if they can free up the wages, which with Dembele gone is, is probably a, a strong possibility. I think there's a good chance Thiago could go there. My hope is that he stays because how would you not want to watch him play for your club? But it is possible that he goes. So, <clears throat> Lavia now, Andre in January, still need one more. And my opinion is that Jürgen is still obsessed with Aurelian Chouameni. That's my opinion on it. And I think there are pieces beginning to move that potentially make Chouameni available. So PSG are trying to sign Dembele, as I said. They're also trying to sign Goncalo Ramos from Benfica. They're also trying to sign Bradley Barcola from Lyon and Randall Colomuani from Eintracht Frankfurt. Now, a Ramos-Colomuani front two with Dembele on one wing, Neymar on the other, and Barcola as depth in basically all four positions is definitely an exciting front line for them. We know that they now want to sell Kylian Mbappe. It seems that there's no way back there for him. So if they were to bring in those four, or even the, the three without Barcola, who might just might, might stay at Leon for a year, that would be the Mbappe money spent. So Mbappe would leave, and the obvious place for him, the place everybody knows he wants to go, is Real Madrid. 
But Real have already spent a huge amount of money this window on Jude Bellingham. So to go to the near 200 million that it will take to get Mbappe, they would likely need a big sale. And if we take a look at the Real Madrid squad, there's not a whole lot of contenders there to be that big sale. Like, they're not going to sell Thibaut Courtois. They wouldn't get big money for Carvajal. I don't think they'd sell Militao. I don't think Alaba would bring a big fee at 31, 32, whatever age he is now. They're not going to sell Jude. They've just bought him. Nacho wouldn't bring a big fee. Vinicius is untouchable. Cruz and Modric wouldn't have a whole ton of value on the market given their ages and the fact that both of them have talked about retiring in a year. Rodrigo would be one option. Eduardo Camavinga, I think, is untouchable under this manager because Carlo loves him. Lunin wouldn't big, bring a big fee. Jostelou is only an unloan. Fede Valverde is an option. Odriozola wouldn't bring a big fee. Vasquez wouldn't bring a big fee. Chuameni would bring a big fee. And he could be the third option. Ceballos, Garcia, Diaz. There's not big money to be had with any of them. I don't think they'd sell Rudiger. I don't think Ferl and Mendy would have the value that they'd be looking for. And Arda Guler, they've just signed this summer. And they don't have any huge prospects to sell. So you're looking at Rodrigo, Fede Valverde, and Chiuameni. I think you can rule Fede Valverde out straight away. I don't think there's any chance they'd sell him. Now, I think he's incredible. And I would love us to get him, but I don't think they'd sell him. He doesn't really make a ton of sense for us unless he wanted to move to like a four diamond two and say play Lavia as the base with Fede and Alexis as the engine, Dominic as the 10 behind Mo plus Cody or Darwin or Diaz or Jota. Um, and that, then obviously having Trent at right back. So, I don't think Fetty makes much much sense for us at this point. So that leaves Rodrigo and it leaves Chiuameni. Rodrigo became much more important to them last season. And he really stepped up last season. So that was his fourth year with Real. He played 57 games, which is the most that he has played since joining. And he scored 19 goals. 19 is a really good return for predominantly a wide player or a second striker. So my guess would be that they'll keep him. And have him as their their third forward. You'd have Mbappe, you'd have Vinicius, and you'd have him. And then Guler will be kind of the young depth. Jocelyn will be more depth. 
Brahim Diaz would be wing depth as well. Lucas Vasquez can play on the wing. My guess would be, because it, it appears like Carlo really likes Rodrigo, that he would be kept as well. You'd also have to ask, if he was available, what clubs are coming in for him? There aren't a huge amount of the elite level clubs who could who have the need and the finances to just drop 60 to 70 million on a wide forward right now. The clubs that could afford that, United, they don't have a need. City, potentially, potentially City. Chelsea, I mean, they're, they're, they're ridiculous, so they could do anything, but I don't think they'd do it. We don't have a need. Arsenal don't have a need. I just can't see him going to Tottenham. The Toon? I mean, the Toon could be a wild card, but they are under FFP restrictions at the moment, so highly unlikely. Bayern are focused on Kane and don't really need another wide forward. There's no one else in Germany. None of the Italian clubs could go that far. They're not going to sell them to Barcelona. So unless he was going to PSG in the Mbappe deal, I just don't see that one. And that leaves Chiuameni. By process of elimination, that leaves Aurelian Chiuameni. Underwhelming first year at the club last season, but did make 50 appearances. So the idea that he never played isn't true. The issue is most of those appearances, certainly in big games, he was coming off the bench. And I wouldn't imagine he was overly happy about that. I would imagine he would have preferred to have played a much more regular role because that's what he'd been used to. And when you sign a player for what Real paid for him, Generally speaking, they come in as a first-choice starter. Now, he is under long-term contract, so Real can afford you know a couple of years to settle him in and bring him along, but whether he's willing to accept that type of role or not, I don't know. If we look at last season and look at his appearances, 33 appearances in the league, just over 2,000 minutes, 10 in the Champions League, but just over 400 minutes. Four in the Copa del Rey, one in the World Club Cup, sorry, two in the World Club Cup and one in the UEFA Super Cup, in which he played five minutes. If we look at the Champions League, he started five of the six group games, but didn't start any of the knockout games. When push came to shove, he wasn't involved in the knockout games. He six minutes, six. 19, 6 again, and 10. Five minutes in the Super Cup. He did start both games in the World Club Cup. In La Liga, again, he he started the season as first choice. Started the first four, didn't play in the next one. Then he started four in a row, came off the bench. Then he started again, missed the game. Started two, came off the bench. 
started another then it was bench start bench like every second game he's coming off the bench then he got a bit of a run towards the back of the season when the title was gone but in the bigger games Carlo didn't seem to didn't seem to use him like they played Barcelona he played 14 minutes they played Real Madrid he played 27 minutes I think he might become available. I think he might be the one. And I think, based on reports coming out of Germany, Bayern Munich are also of the opinion that he is going to become available. Now, Bayern can't afford to buy him this summer because they're buying Harry Kane or they're hoping to buy Harry Kane. And I think that deal will get done. Bayern would be looking for a loan with an obligation to buy I think we might be able to buy him outright. If not, we could certainly match the Bayern offer. And I think if it came down to it, he would pick us over them. I think he would pick Klopp over Tuchel. I think he would pick Liverpool over Bayern. I think he'd pick the Premier League over the Bundesliga. He was wet, He was ready and willing to join us before Real came in and offered him the sun, moon, and the stars. So... My hope is that if he becomes available, that's what we do. But my real hope is that if he doesn't become available, we have an alternative. We have a plan B. And we don't just go, oh, well, we'll just make do. Because that would be suicidal to do that again. I think that's the plan. And I know it sounds unlikely because we just think of the penny pinching. But I do think that's the plan. I think Klopp wants Lavia and I think he wants Chiuameni. And I I believe he thinks he can get both of them. Now, it may well be that Liverpool have spoken to his agent. Uh, There was reports multiple times through the years and whispers going around that he wasn't settled, that his agent was maybe looking at other options for him. The whispers that were going around were that his agent had kept in touch with us and that the player might be open to the move. I know people like to make a lot of the fact that he apparently liked some tweet. The likelihood that Chumeni operates his own social media is very, very low. Very, very low. And oftentimes, the people in charge of running those social media accounts at PR firms or wherever, or the agency often, will just like any tweet that's in any way positive from a major account about a player. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Um. Yeah. I think that's the plan. And I'm okay with that plan as long as if that plan doesn't work, there is a plan B. And my hope is that that plan B would be checked to Kure. The issue I would have is the closer you get to the end of August, the less likely Palace will be to want to sell to Kure. Now, they did sign Jefferson Lerma. That's very much to Kure insurance, I think. So, 
if we ended up with Lavia and Decoure, I'd be really happy. I really would. I think that would be great business for us. Before the Fabinho and Henderson things came up, we wanted Lavia plus a centre-back. And that centre-back that we wanted was Colwell. And we thought we could get them. So the money is there. When people whinge about us penny-pinching over the Lavia thing, it's more a matter of us not wanting to pay beyond what we think he's worth. It's not that we can't afford him. We could afford to drop the $50 million on him today. We could have afforded it a month ago. The issue is we want to pay what we believe is fair value. I don't really see a problem with it. Now, it is leaving things getting tight in terms of time. But if we can get Lavia for $45 million, then it'll have worked in the end. But with Colwell off the board, there is now more money to go towards the Fabinho replacement because any centre-back we get now will not cost as much as Levi Colwell would have. I would guess, and this is just a guess, that before the Fabinho and Henderson exits, we had somewhere in the region of 110, 115 million available to spend. Because I think Chelsea would have pushed for 60 to 70 for Colwell. And it's interesting seeing seeing Levi Colwell say he never had any doubt about staying at Chelsea because that simply isn't true. It just makes for a good line. Um, I think I think we'll get two midfielders. I think one of them will be a big ticket item. I don't know if it'll be too many. I don't. I think Decoure is more likely than too many. If I'm honest, I'd be thrilled with Decoure and Lavia. I think they'd be brilliant. Too many is the dream, but Decoure is outstanding, and people are sleeping on him massively. In terms of centre-back, then, I mean, Lukeba is sitting there for us to go and get from Leon. He is ready to leave. They are ready to sell. They want roughly £35 million. Leipzig have offered €35 million. Euro. And while I know we want to keep a decent relationship with Leipzig, that shouldn't preclude us from going and buying a player who's tailor-made for the role that we have. We've passed on Mickey Vandeveen. We don't seem to have real interest in Anasio, which is bizarre, because we looked at him for months. We looked at him and Ugart for months and didn't touch either of them. Strange. Lukeba isn't the big, tall, commanding centre-back that Jürgen normally goes for, but he's also a different type. And it's a different type of role, so it doesn't really necessitate the same big hulking type of presence. I think these these last four weeks, and it's four weeks from today that the window closes, I think they, they're maybe the most important four weeks of Jürgen's tenure. Because they'll define this season. It's been two really poor seasons out of three for Jurgen. And I don't I don't want him to go through another one. So he needs to start 
making noise, putting pressure on, forcing the issue. And he also needs to maybe wise up a little bit that the Chum anything might not happen. Real might not put him on the market. I think there's a good chance they will if they get Mbappe because FFP will come calling. But I think there's a chance they wouldn't. And if that's the case, we need to have a plan B. Now, the plan B could be Kefren Turam, in which case I'd be a little less enthused. I really like Kefren, really, really like him. But he's much more of an eight than a six. Um, This is Anfield. Liverpool's midfield conundrum and the dangers of rolling the dice again. Salad, Doak, Mack and more five takeaways from Liverpool and Singapore. Salad the creator, but uh, tweaks needed. Five things learned from Liverpool versus Bayern. Comparing Liverpool's preseason to their uh, Premier League rivals. Uh, David Lynch has shot down reports that we're the club who made the mystery £80 million bid for Caicedo. Uh, My guess is there wasn't a mystery bid, that it was just Chelsea or uh, Brighton chancing the arm. Um, you obviously all know that we lost to Byron yesterday, a game in which we were good going forward. And once Virgil went off, we were shambles defensively. Andy Robertson was awful. Trent didn't play well. Matip was terrible. Um, yeah, it just it it shouted out the need to replace Robbo. And the need for a six. Massively. Massively. Uh, Liverpool.com. Jurgen Klopp is obvious second pick after Mohamed Salah with an even better Liverpool record. Uh, it's Diogo Jota, but no, he wouldn't be the second pick in attack. Liverpool should sign, should still sign new Adam Lalana for Jurgen Klopp as 27 million. What a horrible thing to call a young player to compare him to someone's shit. Awful, awful stuff. Uh, Andre move accelerated. Romeo Lavia signs. Liverpool dream squad after three more. It's not going to be a dream squad, let's be fair. It's still going to have Joe Gomez and Joel Matip and other areas that need improving. Uh, No real backup, but right back. Uh, There's a piece about Lavia, another piece about Lavia. Another piece about Caicedo and Lavia. Another piece about Andre. Another piece about Andre. Um, There's a piece about Federico Redondo, who I would love. (laughs) I would love us to sign him. Um, I'd love us to sign him and loan him. He'd need to go on loan to Portugal for a year just to get stronger, but he's so talented. Um, Player ratings... Against Bayern. Um, yeah, loads of stuff there. Anfieldindex.com then. Article-wise, there is a piece about um, preseason. There's a piece about Alexis McAllister, an update on his injury. A piece about Virgil and what he's had to say after yesterday's game. Uh, Neil Jones has said that he expects three more signings. As I said, I, I think that is the case. 
Um, ben Boxick has said that Liverpool should sign Tapsapa or Hankel. And <sighs> Hankel as a short-term fix, I wouldn't be against. To get him in, and he doesn't need to play every game because Robbo will still play some games when we're playing a traditional back four. But I wouldn't want Hankel being the long-term fit there, I don't think. I don't think he's of that elite level that we would want. Tapsapa, I really like, and he is outstanding, but he doesn't make sense for the left-sided role because he's not left-footed. He would make sense as a Matip replacement who could play the Ibu role or the Virgil role, but he doesn't make sense on the left. Uh, Podcast-wise, I mentioned the Liver Birds yesterday. Do give them a listen. Uh, Dave Davis has been busy carrying the place while I've been gone. Um, He did a Media Matters with Neil Jones. He did another one with Ben Boxick. And then myself and Carl did a a scouted where my my lisp was quite pronounced for a while. Um, So give that a listen. Uh, We looked at the Premier League transfers from Arsenal through to Luton. We didn't do Liverpool, obviously, but we did the other clubs in that alphabetical order and uh, what they need to do before the window closes. So all of that is there. Give it a listen and uh, I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free... Sports Social Podcast Network.